Hi, I'm Katie. I'm one of the co-founders of WeShape. Welcome to our second episode of the WeShape podcast. I'm here with Tyler, the other co-founder of WeShape, and Nina, who is our brand advocate. And I'm ex- I was really excited to, to be here this week. I felt like last week went really well. And there's like so much to, to talk about and so many things to unpack. And even this week when I was hanging out with you, Nina, we kept saying, okay, got to bring that up on the podcast. I can't believe, <laughs> you know, it's like once you open the door to, you know, toxic weight loss culture, toxic body image messages, like every time you open the story, you start to just have this subconscious awareness that just brings it to the conscious state of, oh my gosh, I can't, but like I was joking with you the other day about so interesting that all the t-shirts I'm gonna laugh because I'm wearing black t-shirt right now but all of us are actually um, (laughs) not planned um, all of the t-shirts in my closet are black remember I was telling you about this yeah and then I was like why why is that that's kind of weird oh I I'm gonna I would like to say that I'm like a secret goth at heart but we all know that's (laughs) probably not all the way true and then I thought I wonder if it's because you know, growing up, I was told that wearing black made you look slimmer. Mm. So it's just a color that I always reach for because I'm like, oh, look, my slimmest. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Like yeah. I'm missing out on so many colorful t-shirts. And I'm on a mission to buy colorful t-shirts. <laughs> I'm going to do it. That's great. I can't wait to see those colorful t-shirts come down the pipeline. That's going to be a new version of you. There's been a lot of black in your closet for a long time. I'm going to try. But I think you bring up a great topic, which um, you know, I was thinking about this today, but like fashion um, being kind of a part of, I mean, there's a greater conversation that we're having, of course, about toxic weight loss culture and you know, the intrinsic underpinnings it has around like racism and sexism um but specifically when i when i think about fashion like i think about like if you're more curvaceous like don't wear stripes because that will make you look like more round or like god forbid you wear bright colors or patterns because that will draw attention to you and if you draw attention to yourself like please we don't want to have to look at that you know and um how fashion's been used as a tool for a long time to kind of i'm going to go ahead and just say like oppress women like my clothes don't have pockets you guys none of them have pockets that are usable (laughs) Like, there's no utility in in women's clothing. There's no um, really comfortability in a lot of ways. If you look back into, like, fashion from, like, the 1400s and the Victorian era, et cetera, like, people are wearing – women are wearing corsets. Their clothing is meant to look beautiful. It's not meant to be functional. And, like, that brings in the conversation of, like, is that really all we're good for is looking a certain way? And I just think that comes back well, to the Remember on – we do a weekly call with all of our members, and last week we did a Zoom, and remember one of the women on the call said that even her 90-year-old mother was still wearing a corset because she felt oh. – I'm like, this poor woman, can you just enjoy your life? Get in some PJs, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm I available think, for that. I think what this highlights, though, is, is how deep these roots are, right? Like, if we go back in time, um, you ask the question, are we only good for our looks, right? And we all know that's not true. But I think a lot of people in the past, like that was the truth that was put out there. You need to look a certain way so you can attract a certain partner so that you can be taken care of so that you can, so that you can, so that you can. And some of that still weaves forward. I mean, I don't know how you guys see it, but um, I don't know. It just it seems like the roots are incredibly deep if you examine. I mean, when I was younger, I, I, I had restrictions around what I could wear because I was told that I was responsible for the thoughts in the boys' minds based on what outfit I wore that day. So I couldn't draw any attention to myself. And it's really interesting now because my poor mother, I, <laughs> I shocked her, I think maybe a couple months ago, I forget when this was, 
when I told her I, I, you know, I think maybe my older daughter was wearing a crop top or something. I don't know. She doesn't think about it in that way. She just loved that shirt. And I think it was brought up around like, oh, you know, some, somehow the topic around what are you going to let your kids wear got brought up. And I said, uh, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't know that I'll be restricting so much around that because I feel like what you choose to wear can be an expression of yourself and I don't want her from a young age to already be self-conscious about I can't wear that because of this and I don't know I always I always felt really um, caged like I can't wear that skirt or I can't wear that top it just Mm. felt like I, I couldn't just be me because I had to manage how everyone would interpret me and I'm like that is a really shitty role I don't want to be the manager of all the people and how they react to what I wear yeah, I mean, I remember being in junior high school <clears throat> and like I would wear the same shirt as my girlfriend and we were built differently, right? You know, some, some women develop more earlier than others, et cetera. And um, I got sent home from school one day for wearing the same thing that someone else was wearing. And I remember thinking that was like so awful. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me, I want to understand this. <laughs> and I want to contact your principal. <laughs> um, so you and your friend went to school. Mm-hmm. You're wearing the same shirt. Yes, we're wearing the same shirt. Different colors though, because <laughs> matching but not matching. <laughs> and you got sent home. Yeah, I got sent to the office and they had a full conversation with me um, because I was I'm, I was built as a curvier young woman. I'm a curvy woman today, and um, so you I, had boobs. I had boobs. That's okay. The, that's okay. Really nice okay. Way to say it. I had boobs. Just, yeah, just say it. It's like I'm trying to police the way I speak <laughs> I'm about here that. for the boobs. I Let's had boobs, talk about and, it. and she was not built the same way as me. And that shirt was fine on her and not fine on me. And I remember thinking, like, I, I, at the time I was, like, 12, you know? Like, I didn't really understand what was going on there, but I was told I couldn't wear that because of how I looked. And then it kind of created this longer-term thing for me where, like, I'm like, oh, I look inappropriate in this or that outfit because of the way my body is shaped. And it's a, it's a thing I still carry today, like, oh, that looks really nice on you because of the way you're shaped, but the way I'm shaped would look, like, inappropriate or maybe offensive. Um, and that's, like, such a weird thing that I carry today. I'm I know. really not okay with this stuff. Sometimes style. you drop down stories. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's so yeah. unfair to just be someone who matures differently yeah. and to be, I guess, punished for it and make you feel like you have to be aware of what the way everybody else is thinking about that. Yeah. Right. Well, I think the other side of that, if you want to kind of turn it on its head, is that I went through a f- period in high school where I w- wore a lot more clothing because it kind of made me feel safer. Mm. You know, like oh, I, there man. wasn't as much. And I know this is like, you know, this is, again, kind of becoming a conversation around body image. But um, that was the truth for me is if I wore more then there maybe wouldn't be as many unwanted advancements or questions or perspectives that were uncomfortable and unwanted. Well, I wonder and it's making me think about my parents' perspective of their restrictions, like we can keep her safer if people aren't preying on her. Yeah, It's like, is there that TikTok, maybe that trend is old, so I'm gonna date Uh-oh. myself, but um, the trend around like, what would you do if there weren't any men on the planet? I'm so sorry to, to say this one, but people were like, I'd leave my window open at night. I'd wear whatever I want. I go running at night. But it, 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 it does take a, this is why I actually feel like the men are actually important because it takes the men to have this conversation to say uh, we have a value or not even a value but we have a societal norm that says when women dress this way they should be sexualized or that it's okay if they're sexualized if they dress this Mm -hmm. way and so it actually does take the collective whole and the men to come in and say I mean, I don't know. Can you chime in as a man and can you chime in as a man who has two daughters? Yeah. So like what I mean like because there's 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 a part of me, and I'm actually questioning my own beliefs, but it's great. But 
I, I have a belief that I would love for my daughters to be able to wear whatever they want. Like, I, I think it's actually, maybe it's obviously coming from my own experience of feeling, like, trapped. Um, but then there is the other side of, like, I don't want people, like, sexualizing them, and I don't want them to feel like they're getting all this negative attention. So, like, how do you, but again, that's stemming from this, um, do you feel like men have a pass to sexualize women when they dress that way? I think, um, speaking from being a father of two daughters and kind of thinking of way maybe maybe your dad felt when you'd walk outside wearing a mini skirt or something like that um it's honestly it's a struggle because in society there is so much sexualization of women the more skimpy clothing you're wearing the more likely you are to get attention which can then fuel you in this way that makes you want to look a different way and that probably fuels eating disorders and, and other things like that but but i also as a as a dad of daughters think to myself like i want my kids to just freely express themselves. Like that's the number one thing I want is but just to love themselves. But can you think about themselves. yourself as a teenage boy? Yeah, let me, let me finish though. Okay. And so where my head goes with this is less about like, um, like, like ultimately the goal is safety, right? Like you mentioned, your dad probably thought if I give these restrictions, she'll feel, she'll be more safe in the world. She'll be less in these circumstances. And I, I can see that being the reality. I don't, I don't wanna like not face the reality that if somebody's wearing something that's skimpier, there's more likelihood of somebody looking at them and feeling those feelings towards them, right? But the where, where I go with it is like, how do I teach my daughters to stand up for themselves, be smart about being in places that feel safe and also be able to maybe like defend themselves against that. Like, I, I know you've seen me push, <laughs> trying to get these girls into jujitsu for a long time. I mean, but it's sad that we even have to say that. I'm just yeah. gonna say it's that. It's like, I don't want, I mean, our younger one wants to do jujitsu, so fine, but like, I see us pushing our older one to do it, not because, it's because you want her to feel safe, but I'm actually talking about the layer below that. So for me, the layer below that is, do you guys think that there is a societal norm and a past that we give to men that says it's okay to sexualize women when they dress that way. I, I think there's a lot of men out there who um, are gonna take actions from a very like primal place that are probably really not appropriate um, in today's society. But do you think that men use that primal, it's primal, like do you think that they use that as a little bit of an excuse? Because I think they do use it as a little bit. Like come on, we're It's we're pretty evolved. difficult to say what, what is society educating us for what is because i don't know about you but you open all the magazines everything sexualized say, no, everything, i wanted TV, i want us to media, change as a culture fitness culture today. everything right like that's all show that's all teaching us how to show up in the world right and then there's underneath that a layer of primal instincts as well and i, I don't i don't know what's right and what's wrong in that it's it's too difficult to understand what is Pattern in via our education. Well, this is we the lifelong. This is the lifelong developmental psychology debate. It's right. nature versus nurture. Sure. Um, but I do think that sometimes men, in particular, I'm sorry to say this, they do sometimes use a little bit of like the nature as a little bit of an excuse to possibly behave inappropriately in that particular context. Let's make it clear: behaving inappropriately is the problem, right? If we don't behave any inappropriately, then then the problem isn't there. So like, there's no excuse to behave inappropriately. I just I want to be clear on on that side of things. And part of my stance in in the world as a man is to see someone who is behaving inappropriately and say, hey, shape up. That's where I feel called to kind of show up as a man in the world. Say, hey, I don't feel like there's a lot of good male mentors out there that are showing men how to be better men. 
meaning standing up for women, making sure there's equality across the board, and really like living that. There's usually these subconscious things that are um, ingrained in us that say, oh, if I get married, she's supposed to do this and she's supposed to do that, these roles and expectations. And I feel like we're at a place in society where um, a lot of people are starting to say, are these serving us? Are these real? Or are these just things we've inherited from the past from dead people that we now want to change, right? I just want to evaluate in how this, we can come back to the body image of this because I do, I do think that it sucks that like you were sent home because you wore the shirt, because you had breasts. It just, it just, it's, it's just, it's because society holds these values and perceptions that are supported. And I think that the only way to have societal shift over time is to bring awareness to them, talk about them. But I'm curious about, about your opinion, because this is complicated. It's very it's complicated. But I think what I was going to say, kind of like which touches on what both of you were saying, was like that I was reading an article today that was talking about like beauty standards and how it's a cultural conspiracy that we actually uphold and we participate in these beauty standards that are like pillars of a racist and sexist system that um, keep women particularly focused on things like their looks and how they how they're eating and how much they're exercising and like keeps them small and keeps them you know if you're if you're hyper focused on what you're eating every day and how much you're exercising and whatever like your plan to maybe become the next president might not be as likely you oh know my God, like so you're focused much energy on so much that? micromanagement mm. of like well you know I'm I've spent whole days being like what did I eat and and when did I eat it and and am I going to eat this or that tomorrow what am and I going to wear what am, am I going to wear now I got to do an extra workout because I had the dessert last night I mean that is constant energy management and you're right we can't we can't strive for bigger things if we're stuck in that role yeah exactly and yeah how do we fix it how do we start how do we start to fix it other than like you know last week we had talked about maybe creating more values around things outside of how you look right i know that's a starting point but it's like you have to get one person to participate at a time right and that doesn't mean not showing up and like wanting to wear something that makes you feel like interesting it means making sure that what you're wearing to feel interesting is important to you not because you're trying to receive love and attention from someone else. I, I mean, I really do think it starts with yourself. Yeah. So, and I do yeah. believe that we need to hold um, our, our society as a whole more accountable. Mm. So, um, like. Drop, drop the men bomb. Let's hear it. No, well, no. I, I, I wasn't necessarily going to say <laughs> that. But, well, it's different for men and women. I think we have different roles in this particular, which, like, I want it all to be the same and everyone be equal. But, like, I think that, like, for me, I show up in like dismantling this in myself by like letting myself enjoy foods that I want to eat and picking out clothes that make me feel comfortable and happy and like not letting outside circumstance and the magazines and the constant ad messages and like I mean you go to buy toothpaste and like you're basically buying sex they're like but it's the pretty skinny girl with the blonde hair brushing her teeth and I'm like how is this relevant oh my god like could it be someone who looked different I feel so bad I literally have unfollowed I don't know so many. Ce- I'm unfollowing I'm celebrity. I'm yeah. like this close. Yeah, no, because I'm like you're not serving me. You're not. All you're doing is posting pictures of yourself in a bikini on a beach, and that's okay if that's like once in a while. But that's all your content. I'm not available for this anymore. And it's then an inundation. I do think you know. I was even thinking about like 
you know how women do the thing where they're just walking down the street and then like a man will say something or comment or make a noise or something? I was watching these funny TikTok videos where this woman when some and I don't want to say that people should do this because I am so worried if I say it and someone doesn't and then a man attacks them I don't want to be responsible for people's safety but oh my gosh. this woman would do this thing where um, men would like cat call her and then she would go blah, blah, and like act oh, crazy to them she would like act really crazy to them and then they'd be like oh, oh, oh. but it's hard because like for me I just think that the, the only way that we can make change is within ourselves. so you know if if that happened to me maybe I would say something like, excuse me, I'm not available for that. That's super inappropriate. But then I also am scared but to safety. do that because I'm like, what safety. if that person yeah. attacks safety. me? Well, and that's where I think that men can participate. I think that's where a man can come in and say, hey, dude, cut that shit out. That's not appropriate. But I'm so sad that like I need the men to like take care of the men for me. That's just, I'm sad about that. That's such a bummer. Yeah. But I do think men should do that too. But it's like, I don't know. It's it's complicated. It's, it's really, really complicated. complicated. It's complicated. I'm just trying to say that I think that if we had a, a role in this as men, it would be to stand up for women, right? And just try to make sure that we're not participating in over-sexualization. Like as a father, again, one of the things that I try to do with my children is um, praise the values in them that I want them to, to feel really like excited about in themselves. Oh my gosh, you worked so hard on that. Oh my gosh, like that was such a, a creative idea. I don't sit there and go, oh my gosh, you look so pretty, right? Because the last thing I want is for them to go in the world and seek attention the oh, same that's way they how seek they attention find their from value. me. Yeah, they find their value yeah. from their fathers. Oh, they, I would so be karate important. chopping you left and right. And <laughs> He's slapping so, me and everything. Did yeah. we talk about this last week? We I've, don't condone violence on this podcast, guys. <laughs> well. No, we don't. We don't. Um, <laughs> I will karate chop you if you comment on my Gentle. children's love. Karate chop. Gentle karate chop. <laughs> um, but did I talk about this last week where they did that psychology study where they dressed the babies up? Oh, God, I'm upset because I have uh -oh. something to say about babies, babies Let's living. Hear Let's so. hear this. Okay, so there was this. You guys can look it up on YouTube. Um, I'll figure out what it's called. But it, it was like the psychology class, and they brought in two infants. They were under one because I don't think they were mobile. And they were, one was dressed as a boy in traditional boy clothes and one was dressed as a girl. And they said, today we're going to do observation on infants and we'd like everyone to take out a notebook and write down characteristics of, of this male baby and this female baby. And they did. Oh, God. And then at the end, they asked them to say, okay, well, what did you discover about this male baby? And they were like, well, he's pretty strong and look at his this and look at his that. And all the characteristics that were describing the male baby were really like masculine traits and all the characteristics were, were described for the female baby as very feminine. Yeah. And then they said, psych, it's act this one's actually a girl and this one's actually a boy. Nothing to do with the, the person, it's the clothes. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that wild? And so you have to think about it that way in the sense that like those students were in like developmental psychology making studious like research-based decisions or observations around these children based on the clothes that they were wearing so mm -hmm. how do you what do you think comes after you make an observation and a conclusion what do you think comes next a behavior or an action mm -hmm. so it's critical to understand that our brain does this i think it, i think that they proved a very very valuable point what were you going to say about you said oh i <clears throat> there we're gonna we've been talking about tiktok a lot on this podcast which t like tells you a lot about us because <laughs> we have a nightly ritual of sending each other tiktoks while we're in the bathtub but 
Um, that's We've a different problem. We've actually joked about, can we Not have the, the same bathtub. Not the same bathtub. <laughs> different bathtubs. Different but houses, thank but, but I'll call you and, and I'll be like, hey girl, what's going on? I'll be like, was that a splash? <laughs> it was a splash. And, and I'm like, I'm in the bath too. <laughs> it's a unifying moment in that we have We've in the evening. We've joked about, is it, are we available, are we allowed to have podcasts from like the bathtub? That would <laughs> be like incredible. Anyway. Most comfortable. Go ahead. Um, we probably have too much water noise. Yeah. Uh, but um, what I was going to say though is there's a gentleman on TikTok. Uh, he's a father. He has an infant daughter. And he was talking about how upset he was when he started shopping for, you know, because men have these like downloads, I think, at points in their life. And you could speak about that. But where, you know, when they have a daughter or they get married or whatever with their mom, they're like, oh, women have value because of my experience with this woman who's important to me rather than like just intrinsically sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I hear men be like, oh, well, it changed for me when I had a daughter. And I'm like, bro, like women have been pe- people this whole time, you know, but I get it that it happens how it happens. But he was basically realizing that infant's clothing is like already so gendered and so like um, like little girl's clothing is like really soft and has ruffles and there's bows and like stuff to make to like to create this energy around like that they need to be treated a certain way and protected it like or in some ways even he saw it for um, infants like swimwear. Like that you're putting like an infant in a bikini, like which is kind of like a sexy item. Like why would you put a baby in that? Like put them in something that covers their skin for the sun and protects them. And, you know, like men, male children's clothing looks really different and has different utility. And so it was just an interesting thing, again, where fashion is kind of kind of upholding the body image thing, like the way that we dress. Like if you go to buy a swimsuit. From the day that you are born. From the day you're born. And if you go to buy a swimsuit and you're in a certain size range, your swimsuit's going to look a certain way. And if you change that same per- that same brand, like um, there's a couple different websites I buy swimwear from, but some of them will like from sizes zero to size 10 will have like a certain bikini bottom that goes with the top. And then like once it gets past size 10, the top and the bottom will be the same fabric and the same es- essential style, but there'll be more coverage or there'll be like the bottoms will be bigger somehow. Like, well, mm. what if I just wanted the bottoms of that, but just in the size that fits my body? Interesting. And they will change it based on like the size of your body. No, they're crazy. And in just size in fabric, yeah. it's just a Crazy. freaking swimsuit. Wow. Or like, I remember my mom shopping for swimsuits when we were young. You know, she'd go and find the one, and it'd be like it'd be like a dress. You know what I mean? It wasn't just a swimsuit that you were wearing to go swimming in. It was more of like an outfit that covered as much of herself as she could cover. Mm. Um, and I kind of, you know, that's kind of a full circle thing on the fashion thing. But like, it just blows my mind how so many systems uphold the system of toxic weight loss culture and this like body shaming energy we bring to so many aspects of life and it's all there's just you're not even aware what's decided for us i've been super interested in dissecting um toxic weight loss culture and you know women become you know historically being oppressed and all this stuff and i just discovered last week that i have all of these black clothes in my closet because i think they make me look thinner and i wasn't even consciously realizing that i was buying it from that space and that i had always done that so So it is we talked about you know making decisions from a place of self-love rather than a place of self-judgment. You know, we talked about it in relationship to, you know, a fitness routine last week, and we're talking about clothes a lot this week. So just my question that I'm curious about (laughs) is, yeah, not throw out your black clothes, but how do you make a decision from a place of self-love? And I'll just make a comment here that, um, you know, like I think, for example, I've seen Nina have more expression with the clothes that you're willing to wear and more confidence in that than I would typically see Katie having as much expression and confidence in that. And I'm just curious, like, how do you then make this decision? So you're aware of the problem, 
then you make the decision. But are you making the decision still with parts of the roots in there for that reason? Like, well, to be honest with you, I'm actually petrified to tell women go wear whatever. Like, because I'm like, oh no, am, am I gonna am I gonna have some woman be like, fuck this, I'm gonna throw this shirt away and wear this thing, and then some guy's gonna prey on her and attack her? Like, I I'm yeah. always worried about that. So it's a weird yeah. balance because, like I said, like with my own daughters, I don't want them to to feel like constricted in their ability to express themselves through the clothes that they wear and then I'm also like now understanding maybe more why my parents did that um, but I just I, it's a I don't I don't have the answer I don't know it's hard I think that you know as parents we don't want our children to face like incredibly difficult things but the reality is, is the world is a judgmental unkind place and you had mentioned like as a dad becomes a, a father to a daughter he has this heightened awareness around a female's experience and um, that was mine as well. And it wasn't that I said, oh, now women have more value to me. I always feel like I've had some sense of like everybody deserves the right to you know, be whoever they want to be. But um, having daughters made me realize, maybe in a karmic sense too, like how often I showed up poorly in my youth, how often I held up that societal narrative and contributed to someone feeling bad or insecure or whatever, because I was taught that, because I was taught that that was right. And because everybody was participating in that. And now I go, God, how many things would I have done differently had I had the awareness that I was speaking to someone who deep down inside still has that little girl that just wants to be seen and loved for who they are inside, not outside. Mm. I mean, I've told any of my recent any of my friends who have recently been pregnant with boys, especially white males, like, whew, you got a big responsibility in our society because we got to do it a different way. The, the, we, can't, we can't keep doing it this way. This is, it's like painful to watch now when you start to see all of the, I mean, like you even sent, when we were talking about the podcast um, topics, like you had sent me something about how Victoria's Secret was even owned by a man. Oh, yeah. He lives in Ohio. <laughs> He's an old white dude. He invented the company and is still, like, I think the main person who owns it. And don't you think, though, as... I think the bra was invented by a man. I should probably fact yeah, check that. But I'm reasonably certain that the, yeah. the brassiere, which is its full name, um, was invented by up. a man. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. I'm going to look that up right now. I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, I also think that women have to... This is why it's really important to have awareness, to have connection with self, and to take time and pause when we can to have intention yeah because i do think women also have a responsibility right like if you know no one is forcing any woman to work for victoria's secret i mean we're all participating i bought something from them the other day and i was like damn it <laughs> yeah you know like it's so hard to like walk through these this i mean yeah to navigate the world in a way in which you're voting with your dollar the right way and you're making the right decisions it's very very challenging i, I think what it highlights though is like you know, intention seems to be a theme we keep talking about, right? And oftentimes if we dig into our intentions or our why we're doing something, we find something different than we actually think we're intending, right? And so as an example, we might put the clothes on. Well, I wanna put this on because it makes me feel this way. Oh, because I feel that way because somebody shows up differently when I do that. Oh, so I'm still seeking love and attention outside of myself and this is the vehicle by which i get well, that i think with women it's right? specifically or particularly challenging rather because like i want to wear pajamas every day <laughs> you know like i want to wear something comfortable that feels like enjoyable on my body but like there's a level of um 
and you might be able to speak to this in a different way, but there's a level of expectation around women looking a certain way when they walk out in the world, like professionalism, for instance, like look sexy, but not too sexy. Be taken seriously, but not to, so mm, seriously that no one like really enjoys you because you're boring or flat or whatever. Like you have to find this like fine line. There's a kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't dance that I think women have to do. Um, like if you throw in a suit, everyone's like, dang, guy's looking dapper. You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's it. But when we have to navigate choices for fashion for certain events, there's like a million different checklists I go through. I'm like, okay, it's a wedding. Oh, it's a so lot. the dress has to be this length, but it's cocktail. So it has to be a certain color. Like it's just a full if on thing. If I do thing. this, then somebody will think that. If I do this, exactly. then somebody will judge me this I can't way upstage and... someone else who's there. I can't really blah, blah, blah. Like again, it's just these systems that we participate in. And like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be conscientious when we're dressing ourselves, but like, it's a it's a challenge. It's a challenge to continuously show up in a way that like is authentic to who I am and how I want to present myself in the world, and to check those motivations and that intention like you're talking about, and to also like I said make decisions where you're not like supporting an industry that is is harming you or or adding to the problem. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing we can do and all that we can really do is show up and try to better understand, and do the best we can, and. I am guilty of this as well, but like not necessarily playing the blame game, yeah. but saying, okay, this is a part of our societal norm. This isn't one person who's responsible for this belief or this value system or, or this way that we operate in society. It's a collective acceptance, a collective participation in it. And so I'm not gonna play the blame game, but I'm gonna recognize where it comes from systemically. And then I'm going to take accountability and responsibility for any way that I contribute to it. And I'm gonna do my best to be mindful in my intention and how I show up in whatever cycle that might be. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's all you can, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's more that we could do, but I think that's all, all we can do. It's big. You said something powerful there that I think is is could be really helpful for people is like like there's points of my life where I've made decisions where I go, oh, I just like I was such an idiot. I wish I would have made a different decision. Care and to share any of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, time, I think everyone's asking. If you know, you thought it. Five yeah. hours, right? <laughs> um, but when you do that um, and then you feel really bad about yourself and you beat yourself up, when you sit in that for long enough and you have enough space between that action, you start to realize how much of who we were was was done out of conditioning, right? We all are born and we're put in these outfits and they say boys look strong and you can do anything you want and they put a girl, oh, you look so cute. Oh yeah, yeah, you're a good little girl, right? And then we start to believe those things and we start to carry those things through with us. And I think what's important is to recognize the conditioning, meaning we didn't choose this. It, it was given to us and we are just upholding it and take some space, like you said, with the intention to say, what do I what do I genuinely wanna do? How do I genuinely wanna show up and do it consciously? How do you parent consciously? How do you dress consciously with the right intention, right? How do you join a fitness routine for the right reasons rather than the wrong reasons? Again, always out of self-love rather than self-judgment or fear. Yeah, and I do think it's important for men to share where they do feel like they have faltered and where, God, we've had a lot of motorcycles and sirens <laughs> today. I just want to call that out. It's annoying. It's downtown. Um, but I do think it's important, like if you ever feel called to share any of your lessons, because I'm not, I'm joking with you, but because I, I, I don't want you to sit in shame or blame, because shame or blame, that doesn't actually do anything, in my opinion. It kind of just makes the problem still, I mean, the problem still exists, and then like, then you just feel like shit about yourself. I think that anytime we can acknowledge where we felt like, wow, society really shaped me and set me up to show up this way, and now as I grow and evolve and learn more about myself, I'm realizing that I wish I would have done it differently, and now I know. 
right? But keeping those keeping those lessons in, I think doesn't. I think you could be an inspiration to other people if you ever feel called to share the ways that you that you did that. That's a tricky. It's a tricky dance. I think at the end of the day, I feel like you know I'm probably the person's got the target on him most in this podcast for sure. And I think that, you know, if it's difficult sometimes to be honest and transparent about things that you might have made mistakes in because it can paint you in a really negative light. It can paint you in a really negative light. But the reality is, you know, who we all were a year ago is not who we are today. And, um, you know, one of the things that's challenging for me to watch about cancel culture is there's no level of forgiveness for who mm-hmm. people were and no recognition of maybe the work that's been done. Yeah. And um, no, I don't. It's a tough th- one. There's no yeah. pressure. Um, and I don't want to put you on the spot. I'd love for you to be able to think about that more. So like maybe maybe in a future podcast, if you were, you know, hey, I, I was raised as a white male in the society. This is a belief that I felt I was okay with. This is how I showed up in that belief. And this is what I've learned from that and how I've attempted yeah, to make sure. change. So no pressure to talk about any of those life lessons today because I do understand it. it is a tricky time. We don't have a lot of forgiveness. And I think if we're going to do this podcast and talk about things like, toxic weight loss culture and body image and uh, female oppression and, uh, you know, racism and all of these different things that that really are kind of heavy topics. I, I, I think it, it is hard because with that, we do invite, you know, targets. And, yeah. and so I know that, you know, Nina had, and I have had this conversation a number of times, like how do we show up in a mindful space? Um, how do we create curiosity? You know, I never want to be the authority in this. I'm really here just to try to understand and provoke question and get perspective, which is part of the reason I also want to have guests on the podcast. I have a couple of guests lined up, actually, because I want to better understand people's experiences. I was watching um, Michelle Obama's documentary. I forget what it was. I'm so bad with titles of remembering all these things. But uh, I was partway through one of uh, her documentaries. I think she has a couple. I don't know. Uh, it was the documentary on when she went on her book tour. Uh, and she was talking about how, you know, stories over statistics. And I think she was really just, you know, I think she was really just trying to highlight that, like, behind all these statistics, there's human beings and there's stories. Yeah. And so I really want to also r- remind us of that, too, that I'm like, what a good reminder that that there are people who have so many important stories to share that can, that can make us think in a different way. And, again, yeah. I think it is about – how do we hear stories and, and allow learning opportunities to come in instead of sitting in shame like, oh, I made that mistake and I can't tell anybody. It's like, but it is it is hard because now you're also bringing up a good point that when we get vulnerable and share these mistakes that then there's also a target for people to, you know, cancel you and then- Yeah, you know sh- me, I'll get as raw and vulnerable <laughs> as you want to get, but you got to be really, you got to be uh, judicial about that. I mean, one Nina's thing- like, I'm not riding home in the car with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably the most emotional person at this table, you know. So um, anyways. uh, You're a triple water sign. Oh, yeah. Just going to call that out. Big time. Um, There's feelings. Yeah. yeah, We're here for for it. (laughs) One thing I want to say is that the reason why uh, I was uh, interested in this podcast and having this discussion, and I would also say the reason why that we're we're running this business we shape together in the first place is is to kind of – kind of right a wrong that I do feel that I was participating in, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm super happy to be transparent about that. Like I grew up as an overweight kid and I was fat shamed by my friends and my, my brother and society. And it, it fucked me up a lot. And part of it along the way, put this big chip on my shoulder that said, I'll show you. And then I changed the way I looked 
and society said, thumbs up, you look this way. And people start asking, how do you look this way? And so I started telling people how to look that way. And then I started building programs and selling them online. And I was a part of the problem. And you were targeting the weight I loss. I was targeting weight loss. I was targeting, don't you hate this part of your body? Don't you, whatever, right? And it was because at the time, um, I believed that's what we were supposed to do. It, the success looks like changing the way you look, right? And sure enough, that's just a mask because no matter um, how successful I was in any of the ways that I was measured, it didn't genuinely make me happy, right? What genuinely makes me happy is connecting with myself and making decisions from a place of who am I really? Who do I really want to be? And along the way, you start to realize, I don't want to participate in this anymore. I don't want to um, be someone who propagates this narrative anymore. And especially when you have little girls and you see this world where you're like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm selling this product, it's a great product, but I'm playing on people's insecurities in order to get them to take action on it. And then you become aware of that. If you're aware of that, how long can you go before your soul just starts to die, right? Yeah, I mean, even when we built the newer product that was definitely focused more on how do you feel, like, you know, our product has that feature where you can scale up or scale down, like even tiny micro movement progressions so you can be like extremely customized. Even even with those things, we still had like what we call motivational cues. So your voice was in the product saying, you can do it. And like, you know, uh, sweat is just your fat crying. And right. I, we even had to stop and be like, oh, do we really want to motivate people? Or why don't we inspire people? So even one of our current product iterations is actually Nina. Um, we did all of her voiceover to have more inspirational, I mean, a more, yeah, inspirational things versus like, well, you, we have to motivate you. It's like, we and don't motivate you through teaching you to judge yourself. Right. Right. Yeah, teaching you to just, feel shitty about yourself. Well, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that side of it and just taking ownership of that. And I think that, you know, you and I have been in this dialogue for a number of years and have had very challenging uh, conversations and, sure. and almost like debates. Because for years I was on on the other side going, I don't I, I, I don't feel fulfilled in this and something doesn't feel right and I don't want to market this way and I don't and but I, I never left. I kept doing it with you. So like I have to take response. You know what I mean? It's like it's so that's what I mean when it's so easy. I could have just blamed you and said, Well, I just I needed to show up and run the business and I tried to tell him, but he didn't listen and I could really do that. And I think that the only way we actually make progress is to take radical responsibility. Yeah. And at any point I could have said if this is the way you want to market to people, I'm walking out of the company tomorrow. And I never did that. So I have to take ownership in but that too. But I think too. what you both need to remember a little bit about that time period is that you were both taught that, yeah. right? Like I know. you were taught that in different ways, you know? Um, yeah, we like, participate in these things because that's what we were told. Like when someone says something like, I'll boot camp at me, I'm like, right, right, totally. I got to like, you know, no pain, no gain. Like that's something that's been carried for such a long time. Yeah. So to break this, you know, pattern in your guys' existence already is a really like a, an accomplishment. One of the one of the patterns in men that we're taught is like your worth is related to your success, is related to what you're able to produce, provide, et cetera. And like I hook, line, and sinkered into that, into that until I was like, this isn't helping our relationship. This isn't making anybody happy, right? And at the end of the day, again, that's that conditioning, that conditioned self that comes out and shows up over and over again until we say, hold up a second. This isn't who I want to be, right? I want to be somebody who not only builds something that can really help people, but does so in a way that inspires them to do it from a place of self-love rather than self-judgment. So, sorry, I'm going to say that like a million times on this podcast because <laughs> it's a very important theme, I think, for what it is that we're trying to do here. Well, I appreciate you know the ownership 
and the lesson and trying to do it a better way. I mean, we're still even in our product now. I'm dissecting every little thing. You know, are we are we trying to inspire people and tell people to connect with themselves and make sure that they're doing, you know, things not for punishment but for the right intention? And I'm sure people will still buy our product today and use it for the wrong reasons. But I'll still do my best to put the message out there that, you know, we want you to use our product as an act of, of self-care and self-love and not as a place of punishment or you know, like you said, like I got I got to have pain in order to, you know, I don't, I don't want that. And we'll just continue to, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. And, um, you know, it is a good reminder that everyone is just doing the best that they know how. And, um, we'll continue, we'll continue down that path. So all I want to do is continue to improve how I'm showing up and, and for myself and for my children. And that means future generations. So the way that you guys show up and the way that you become parents, is what you pass on to the next generation. So we ask about how do we change this, and you said change it in ourselves. That's really important, we gotta change it in ourselves, but we have to change it in ourselves so that others can see that and change it in themselves. If we have children, they can see that. I mean, your, your dad says this all the time, more is caught than taught. So I constantly think about like, is it important that I tell my children all these different things, or is it important that they see these things? and they see why I'm doing these things. Yeah, they right? don't care what you say. They don't care <laughs> Sorry what you about say. That. Right? They don't care what I say either. But, there, but there's an intention. It's, it's like what I, take, I do. I take the girls to the gym to be around um, fitness just so they can be around it. And, and they get to watch their dad practice things for the joy of moving his body, not to try and punish himself. I, I, I sit in the living room in my meditation, not because I want to be bothered by them in the morning when they wake up, right? Because I want them to walk out and see it. And then I get to invite them to join me so that they can start seeing these patterns. And I think that the more conscious we are about how we live our lives for ourselves to our truest selves, and the more we put that on display in front of other people, the more likely we are to create a little seed. We just plant that little seed, plant that little seed. And that's what ultimately will change this narrative. Yeah, and I, I always trip out because I feel like there's always this idea of like, okay, I'm going to do it this way now because this is the better way. But we actually thought that before too. Mm. So I'm always like, okay, what's next? <laughs> I, you know, I said, I've been thinking about this a lot To be too. committed to learning. Yeah. 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 Committed to being there's willing never, to make a mistake. There's never an end. No. no. They it, thought it, cigarettes were good for you at one it, point. It's, <laughs> it's funny when you start to peel back the layers of yourself, right? And you peel back a layer and then you're this new self. And I'm so guilty of this. It's ridiculous. Ah, oh, I have so much awareness of who I am right now. This is me. And then a little time goes by and you peel back another layer. Oh, I have so much awareness. <laughs> this is me. And then another layer. One day. Wait a second. One day on the podcast, we'll go through what I call the Tyler phases. They're my favorite. Because the, I, what I love about you most be a is, two -parter. That, is that... You, it's going to be a quarterly theme. <laughs> There's going to be something we have to go over and over again. We have to yeah. reintroduce you every quarter. I move fast, right? And I go all in on everything that I do. So, you know, it's going to show but it's, up. I it's, know, it's but it's entertaining for all of us. And I, We're having a good time. Yeah, no, I do appreciate <laughs> it, way. though. I mean, um, the only constant really is change. And so I do think, but I always, I do think about that. Like right now I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, showing up in this way. This is better than the way I was before. This is it. And then it's like, nope, in, in, in more time you're going to see that there's actually even a, you know, a better An way. An even but, better way, yeah. So yeah. all we have to do is I think be open-minded and uh, check our intentions and be curious about what's next. And, and not find And not, not finalized in our, in our, in our methodology so and, and kind i just i just i feel like i have to say that a lot because when we do live coaching with our members when i have dialogues with anybody out there who has an interest in improving themselves and growing 
the common theme among so much of our suffering is unkindness to ourselves, is self-judgment, right? It's instead of me being like, oh, I kind of whiffed on this one thing, like, it's okay, everybody, uh, you know, makes makes mistakes or, or doesn't adhere to the plan they said or to sometimes. Instead of that, it's like, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm this. And then that becomes a part of your um, sense of self. And you carry that with you. I'm a little bit of a failure. I'm a little bit of this. And like one of the things, I think we were talking about this earlier today even, was one of the things that I feel like is really um, a focus in my journey right now is instead of hearing someone say to me like, oh, this is the a selfish part of you or whatever, and me being like, no, I'm not selfish. I'm actually kind and compassionate and all this stuff, is to go, wait a second. Oh yeah, there is a slice of my pie that's selfish. And that's okay. We all are. It shows up in everybody. And how do we have the same appreciation for those sides of ourselves as we do for the kind and compassionate sides for ourselves. Not because we want to be that, but because we want to accept who we are. Does yeah. that make sense? I think yeah. I think that I would even take that challenge to the next step and say dun dun dun. <laughs> so, you know, I think about sometimes when I've had like made a mistake and then I get beat myself up over the mistake and and then I say okay well, I can give myself kindness I would actually say there's another step in there and that's that step in there is to just um, call out the elephant in the room so like if you made a mistake with another person instead of saying okay it's okay Katie you're you're growing you're learning you got this move on I actually think there's an important step of going to the person and saying hey, I just want to say that I made this mistake and I don't want to brush over it and I want to acknowledge that this may have impacted you and I just want to take ownership of it. Have and I not atoned for something? Is this an intervention <laughs> right now? This is a hint. <laughs> we'll talk I, about that after. <laughs> I agree um, with you fully. I think that's do, a great step. I think that people are very afraid to do that. And um, the times that I've done that, though, it's never let me down. It's actually really – that's when – it's kind of like when you do that and you're really vulnerable with somebody and they're receptive of that, which I can't promise that people necessarily would be because sometimes vulnerability really scares people. But if, if there's any reception in to, to that type of vulnerability and ownership, it almost makes the, the um, acceptance of yourself and your mistake even a little bit easier to understand and manage and accept. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But there have been a couple times with people even recently in my life where I felt like, oh, I didn't like the way that I showed up there and I'm just going to call it out. Yeah. And um, that exercise of acknowledging it and bringing it to that person directly felt very, very scary. Yeah. But once I could move through that fear and just lean into ownership and vulnerability, the kindness for myself just kind of flooded in afterwards. Right. Like, yeah. You've the, accepted responsibility for the part that you you play the role in. Right? Yeah. I think that um, something interesting happened to me recently and like I, I this has been a beautiful discussion around a lot of different topics but one of them being like relationships and like we talked earlier about like things we can do to show up differently and recently I totally have to tell myself I was having a bad body image day because that happens and I was like ugh, I feel fat today or I look fat today and somebody heard me say that and they were like excuse me like may I stop you for a moment and they gave me some like some feedback about that and at the time I was like really kind of embarrassed because you know I was kind of just like in my head talking to myself sort of thing and didn't really think like it would mean that much and most of the times you say something like that maybe your girlfriend or whomever you're with will be like oh me too girl totally relate 
And they were like, no, 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 we're not talking to ourselves like that. And I was, of course, like a little bit like shy and vulnerable that I had made that obvious mistake when I'm someone who's trying really hard to dismantle that kind of behavior. And, um, but I think, you know, I thank them for it, right? Like it was so helpful to like have that experience where someone called me out for doing something unkind to myself. And like, I think that we take things at face value really frequently. Like you want to kind of create connection with people. And like, we've been discussing relationship and how we connect with people. And when they did that, I wanted to be like, oh, that was like, I wanted to turn away and be like, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't even really mean that. But like I did say it and I did at that time kind of feel it. And like when they called me out, it was this moment where I could, could create connection with them where I was able to hear them and be grateful for that and then like practice being a little kinder to myself and they helped me do that and I think if we can be really kind like you said to each other and kind of call in someone said that recently and I love that so much Mm. call in rather than call out you know Mm. we were talking a cancel culture etc like call in and be like hey like did you mean to say that about yourself right now like that's really harmful and and like sad are you like having a bad day can we talk or whatever and like it really helped me a lot I was really grateful for it as embarrassed and ashamed as I felt in that initial moment it really helped me and I like have had been carrying that with me for like a couple weeks now where I'm like yeah I really didn't mean to say that about myself that was really unkind and sometimes that outside perspective from a person that isn't ourself can really help and I think that's one of those ways we can make a difference in our community is when you see someone talking about themselves or using exercises punishment or changing the way they dress because of how whatever like you can be like hey let's check in like in a kind way yeah I I, let's touch on that like so sorry I just I want to be super like I want to examine this a little bit And, and like if somebody goes oh I look whatever right and then their friend says to them oh no you don't you right. look great does that actually solve no, any problems no it doesn't it actually right? it totally makes it worse right. so, I so recently the delivery is like everything yeah. right? and it's hard because it's awkward right. and so that's what I'm trying to encourage people like move through the awkward move through the shame wanting to tell you not to be vulnerable like moving through that stuff I think is hard but I think that once you get reps it does get a little easier, but even, um, I don't know, months back, I had gone on a weekend away with one of my dear friends who had recently had a baby, and she was saying so many negative things about mm. her body um, because she just, I don't think, she, you know, she wasn't embracing, which we're definitely, that's a totally different that's episode. A pod- that's, that's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she w- she had a hard time embracing uh, her body through the pregnancy and after the pregnancy and the whole time she, and I just thought to myself I really had this moment of if I tell her no is that really no you don't worry about that that's not what, like I was like that's not going to help and eventually I just said hey I want to share that the way you're speaking of yourself feels like you know like I don't want my friends friend to talk that way about herself and it's really painful for me to watch and I think she was pretty open and receptive to that and it came from a place of vulnerability and love and not a place of trying to make her feel bad about herself further or shame in what she was saying but a genuine place of hey don't talk to my friend like that you know and I and so I was you know but I remember feeling really anxious and like do I say something because she keeps saying these things about herself but I feel like I wish she could embrace these parts of herself and I was also like I wish our society could embrace these things and <laughs> and then I finally just got vulnerable with her and said hey can you not talk to my friend that way like that is so, really hurtful for me to see so to be clear on those tools because I think they're so useful um, I heard you say that one tool if somebody's you know self-deprecating themselves or, or judging themselves is to say hey I'm curious did you really mean that and give them a chance to think about what they're really saying and give and make create that help create that awareness in them 
And I heard you say something even different, which I also liked, which is, uh, hey, when you say those things about yourself, like it makes me, uh, you know, feel sad about what you're saying about my friend. And then they, they have a moment again to create that awareness about what they're saying about themselves. Is well, because right? I would never, like, I never even thought that about her. Yeah. And I was thinking in that moment, why is it okay for her to say that about herself, but I would never say those things about her. I would never look at her that way. I'm like celebrating her birth and her baby and her new body, you know? And so I, I just kept thinking, what if she could see her the way I see her? Or borrow your voice, really. Yeah. Like speak with her, speak with a voice that's kind like yours towards herself. Because I know it's easy for me to be like loving on my friends, but then I look in the mirror, I'm like, mm, there could be some improvements, yeah. you know? But I think of my best friends, <clears throat> and I don't feel that way at all. I know. I was talking. I was talking with this woman that is in um, business, and we were having this conversation. She was like, "I love the mission that you have, and isn't it so crazy that we look at other people and just go, oh my gosh, I love this about them. I love this about them. Like, look at this thing about them.' But then when we go to look at ourselves in the mirror, it's like, it's usually, I hate this. I wish I could change this. I, but it's funny because like other people aren't looking at us in that way, and. It's complicated. I mean, there are supermodels who are like, my fingers are too long, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just so sad. You know, yeah. it doesn't end. But I think a little bit more uh, compassion, compassion for other and compassion for self and kindness for other and, and kindness for self can go a long way. And I know that these are really, really difficult roots to dig up. But I'm glad that we're having the conversation about it. And I hope that we can all be more curious and compassionate for ourselves and for other people. And I think that that's where this all starts. So yeah. thank you guys again for for being willing to have these harder conversations. And I'm excited to bring other people on the podcast where they can share their stories as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. All right. Be, be vulnerable. Be kind to yourself. It's going to get weird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> excited. It's going to get interesting. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, we actually hope to hear from people eventually, hopefully by the next podcast, I'll be able to have an email where everyone can email in because I do. I want to hear other people's stories mm. about how this culture has impacted them, maybe in a negative or even positive way and what we can do to create change. So I'll keep you guys posted about that next time. And until then, we look forward to connecting with everyone out there next week. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com challenge to sign up.